superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's start this program with... J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's another Jet touchdown! They're back. I told you. My favorite words I get to say in this microphone. That's another Jet touchdown! I don't throw the flags. Today's guests... Raiders defensive end, Max Crosby. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Plus your phone calls, complete NFL Week 5 recap, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, thank you. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air here on Channel 210, the Roku channel. We've also say hello to our terrestrial radio listening audience on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, Coast to Coast, Sirius Channel 218, XM 202. Put it all together on an app. It's Channel 992 on the Sirius XM app. We say hello to those listening to us on the Odyssey app. We're still growing our listening audience every single day. We might add some more partners uh, to our equation. We're excited about that. I'm cultivating lots of capers, to use the Maury the Wigman phrase, here on the 25th anniversary of Boogie Nights. Um, if you're just joining us, we, I don't know, somehow left the roller girl out of our conversation. Uh, how do we do that? I don't know that. We're just not thinking straight. Not thinking yeah. straight. It's Monday. And Eddie Adams you know is from Torrance. It's right down the street there. I understand that. Yeah. I, guess, I, guess, I guess to borrow a phrase, uh, we're, we're idiots. <laughs> I feel like we're beating ourselves up for getting around roller girl. Nobody wants a five or a ten, though, so we're good there. Okay. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. Lots to talk about in... Week number five that wraps up tonight between the Raiders and the Chiefs. We've got Max Crosby joining us in hour number three of this program. Um, so don't miss that. Uh, getting ready for the week five finale to talk about everything else that went down in this very busy weekend in the National Football League is our friend, two-time Super Bowl champion in his usual Monday spot on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Joining us, the Greenlight podcast host, none other than Chris Long. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. So, uh, well, I guess we're both better than Matt Rule right now. Although, uh, four years of dead money being paid to you. Uh, yeah, I is, would like that. You know. I mean, like, that's a silver lining for my guy. So, what do you think went wrong in Carolina? Your best guess? Well, I mean, they just didn't. I mean, they've been playing quarterback carousel, and none of them hit. And, like, you know, this was a, a Hail Mary from Matt Rule, and it just didn't work out. It hasn't worked out, and... For a guy who can probably hang his hat on the offensive side of the ball, they just haven't made their defensive football team, you know? Um, and that's why I think the, the, the interesting conversation is going to be what kind of head coach do you bring in? You know, uh, what is, what's on David Tepper's mind? 
you know, I, I know people make a lot of the Sean Payton waiting for the Dallas job, but like, you know, and Jerry might still have ideas, but McCarthy's coaching those guys up pretty good. And, uh, you know, is Carolina an, an attractive job for people? Is David Tepper the kind of owner that you're, you're excited about working for? I, w- I would think so. I mean, what happens in the NFC South when Brady retires? You know, um, so I, I don't know. You're going to have a high pick. There's a lot of quarterbacks next year. I love D'Amico uh, Ryan's. I, I, I love what what um, I love what what San Francisco's defense is about. I think culture building is awesome. Um, I think guys like Ben Johnson in Detroit. Although if you're Ben Johnson and you're like, oh, Tepper might get fired today. Let me have a good day out here in in Foxborough, and you get blank. Like, you're like, damn, that's a bad bad impression to leave. Um, there's a lot of guys that that could could nab this job, and I don't know which direction they go. I think the the interesting question is, you're going to have a young quarterback. Do you want a defensive head coach? Because if you have a really good young quarterback, you can you can make one of these young OCs a king by just playing well, and then that guy's going to get a head coach job in the next couple of years. So that's my biggest concern when you hire a defensive head coach with a young quarterback because it almost guarantees that if things go well, you're going to have to, to retool from a schematic standpoint offensively within the first couple of years. What do you Otherwise, think? I don't I don't care. Like you yeah. know, just build a culture, win. What do you think is going through Baker Mayfield's mind right now? Oh, man, it, it sucks, man. You know, like, I feel for the guy on one hand. On one hand, like, sometimes he, he hasn't helped himself. Definitely not on the field, but, like, you know, some of the things he's, he said at times. Um, he, he, he's had a lot thrown at him in the first couple of years, but that's the NFL, man. There's a ton of draft picks that get dropped in inopportune situations. And oftentimes the higher you get picked, the more chaotic it is. And um, then to end up in Carolina in kind of an even worse situation than where you came from and expect it to go well, um, you know, it's, it feels like the end of the road. Uh, and, and the problem is, like with Baker, he's so variable that, like, if he's not going to be a starter in the NFL anymore, like, do you feel like he's your, your Brian Hoyer? <laughs> you know, um, it, he's got that starter mentality, and it's going to be hard to to make that transition if this is the end of the road for him. Well, you mentioned Sean Payton's name, and clearly David Tepper now is you know going to be all over him. <laughs> I mean, I'd yeah. imagine the wooing process begins, and when that happens, you, you know, uh, tr- trigger fingers get itchier in other places too. And I've heard Payton's name associated with Denver as well and not because yeah. they're ready to just out um nathaniel hackett but the way the first five weeks have gone and play calling and russell you know being in an offense that's a timing offense and things of that nature and he's i think you're the one who pointed out he's so off schedule so what do you what do you think of of that scenario we haven't spoken I mean, since that that stinkerama that kicked off week five well, it's potentially, and by the way, Rich, I was really entertained by the game, not by the football, but by the fact that, like, we all watched it. Yes. You know, like, isn't it amazing that Roger Goodell found the floor? Like, he was like, uh, we'll see, like, how bad can a game be and everybody still watch? What's the retention rate on this game? Because I know people, I know some Denver fans left, but if you watch 60 of that game, you're going to watch 70. <laughs> You know, like, and, and I just, we really found out how much we love football. I really believe, Rich, if we want to solve something as a country, we should, <laughs> we should, we should convince people it's under the guise of, like, 
football being existentially threatened. And we can do anything as a nation together because people love that game, dude. Like, we watch that game for 70 minutes. So, yeah, I guess to say the Broncos look awful, um, I don't know that, that there's, there's, like, a light at the end of the tunnel for them. I didn't pick the Broncos to go to the, the playoffs. I didn't know it would be this bad. I also think you, you could see the decline a little bit with Russ. Like, I'm not saying he can't pull himself, he can't pull himself out of this thing, but that Russ magic hasn't been there. The magic oftentimes, you know, when he'd go to the well to get that big off-schedule play in Seattle for so many years, like, that's dried up the last couple of years. And they haven't run his stuff in Denver. And, um, you know, I think of Sean Payton. He said something really interesting about Russell Wilson, uh, I heard him say last week. He said, I don't know why Nathaniel Hackett doesn't sit down with him for an extended period of time and ask him, what do you like? Like, what can we run that's going to suit your skill set? What, what concepts did you like in Seattle? And I, I don't want to assume he hasn't done that, but it's interesting that that was Sean's thought process, and we're here talking about Nathaniel Hackett already. But Sean Payton with anybody is exciting. Like, I had Sean Payton on my pod. Mm-hmm. He was driving across Louisiana, and he went for an hour 50 minutes, and we talked football the whole time. That guy's football mind is, like, incredible. I mean, situational football, offensive football, the stories that he's able to draw from, the anecdotes. Like, I would, like if, I, if I have a favorite quarterback, there's barely anybody I'd rather have paired with that quarterback than Sean Payton. I mean, whoever, whoever nabs him is going to be pretty lucky, and maybe it is somebody you don't expect. Sean Payton uh, is a fascinating subject matter for sure. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. And while we're, I guess we're on the subject of Sean Payton and and how um, he just seems to have more often than not the right button to push throughout his entire career, when to push it, when not. And that has been uh, an issue, obviously, with Nathaniel Hackett and Denver to the point where they get a coach upstairs to help him with that process. And then... You see what's going on with all the analytics we discussed last week about John Harbaugh's decision to go for it and on fourth and goal, and it didn't work out. And then you saw what Brandon Staley did mm-hmm, yeah. yesterday where he he goes for it uh, at right at midfield with a minute to go instead of punting up three, and it almost cost him. Keenan Allen even tweeted out when he was not uh, playing, you know, WTF are we doing? And so yeah. how how do you think that sits in, in a locker room? Well, I think that Chris? was – I think you meant to type WFT. He forgot that they're now the commanders. Maybe nice. he was watching Could have been. Carson nice. with the ball in his hands three times. So I want to give him an out here, Rich. Okay. But, no, like, honestly, dude, I was really concerned about that. You know, not just the call. I hate the call. And I hate the call in context and – I got nothing against Brandon Staley. My brother played for him and said so he's awesome. Yeah. Like I think he seems like a good guy and a good coach. But I know guys have like their mantra and their stuff and like their identity. But when you get so concerned with who you are and not what you need to do in the moment, you get lost, right? Like this is the moment that's been presented. I know the analytics, which are split by the way. Next gen stats says, you know, punt. Um, the you know, fourth down decision bot is is on drugs. They say, they say you know go for it. Uh, analytics are great, but pair it with the context. Who are you punting the ball to? Where, how many timeouts do they have left? You punt the ball to Jacoby Brissett, who you know is a good player. But if your defense can't hold him down seventy yards, whatever it would be, no timeouts. You know, a rushers 
you know, you know, a rusher like Khalil Mack, a defense like you have. If you can't do that, you don't deserve to win the game anyways. And when you get so caught up in trying to be who you are or who you think you are and you don't try to win the football game for your guys, you get tweets like that. And, like, it's a bad sign. I don't want I kind of went as far as saying Canary in the coal mine a little bit mm. with with Keenan's tweet, but like he's a dude, he's their dude, and I'm sure he'll tell you we're good, like everything's fine. I just was blah blah blah, but I just feel like that's not a good sign. And that guy last year cost them a chance to go to the playoffs, like playoff checks, a playoff appearance, because he was obsessed with doing it his like the way he thinks they're supposed to be and not doing the thing in the moment that's going to advance the ball for his team. And I just get a little irritated by that because if I'm a player, I'm kind of pissed about that. The fact that he felt compelled to hit send, right? I mean, that's his coach. We we were all second guessing. The whole country was second guessing. I mean, and, and, and Cleveland had uh, the game winner on the foot of a kid who actually, you know, Creased the uprights earlier this year with no time left in one of the wins for Cleveland. They're lucky. I mean, they are really lucky. Um, yes, they are. They're really lucky. In Cleveland, you know, we thought, man, it'd be pretty scary if they were, for a few reasons, if, if they were in it when Deshaun Watson gets back, right? Like, because they're pretty good. And the first couple games of the season, the first six, I believe, were among the easiest in, in the league. Um, they've dropped close games. Uh, the spectacular loss to your Jets, by the way, are cooking. Shout out to Joe Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta lost a close ball game there. Um, had chances to win that ball game, and then the way they lost, you know, they lost that ball game yesterday. Um, so you come out of that 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 five game stretch, two and three, and now you've got New England, who's rounding into form a little bit. Whatever that form looks like, they're rounding into it. Baltimore, Cincy, Miami, Buffalo, Tampa. You know, so it, it's a bad missed opportunity by the Browns, and uh, and the Chargers are lucky. Chris Long here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, we've reached the sports talk radio portion of our conversation. You can only put your marker on one, three, and two team: the the Bays, Tampa Green. Which one do you take? Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Which one? Green Bay. You didn't stutter. I do, I, and that's dumb. I feel dumb saying it, but I just don't like the Bucks have to win. There's way more upside in Green Bay. Like, that offense can turn into the right thing. I still think they can make a trade. Um, I, I think Dobbs can come along even more. I think they can do things differently offensively. I think Aaron can – Aaron, as bad as it's been around him at times, like some of the things that he's had to deal with early in this in, – you know, in the year, like you get Watson dropping that ball against the Vikings. You get Dobbs with a fumble in a key spot early in the game against the, the Pats. You get – all types of young mistakes. Um, I, I, I think the, the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers and a few of the weapons they have, have more of an upside. And that defense didn't have a great day yesterday. But I, I said this on our, our show, like, the Giants, man, a year ago, and this shows you how, how far the Giants have come, we, we would have made this game. Do you know how, good, how big of a story the Giants have to be to not make that game all about the Packers yesterday? <laughs> like, we're talking about the Giants. You know, like, yeah. we're not shocked. We're kind of not shocked. They, they were catching almost 10 points in London, but we're kind of not shocked because they played good football. So, Dable, man, I, I liken the Giants to, like, the, they're like a mini Titans team, man. Like, the Titans, 
athletic quarterback who's probably not going to win you games outright. Um, you've got a, a scrappy group. You're good up front. You've got a generational back and a New England tree coach who doesn't act like Bill. And so, like, there's a lot of similarities in those two programs, and the Titans have done a lot of great things over the last couple of years. I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see Daniel Jones, who, who went from 1.8 turnovers a game down to, like, I think one his second year, down to 0.9 to 0.6 a game now this year. Like, can he just be that Ryan Tannehill for them? And uh, somebody asked me to say, are they for real? And I said, define real, because, you know, that's the worst question in the world. Like, define the parameters of what we're talking about. Can they win a playoff game? Yeah. yeah. They, they just beat the Packers. Like, they're, they're solid. So, Packers have a higher ceiling than the Bucks. That defense is going to keep the Bucks in it. Um, they'll be a playoff team, but I think the Packers have a little bit higher ceiling. Yeah, I said uh, earlier in this program, Chris Long, that, uh, that that's a game the Giants lose by 20 last year, not win by five. I mean, they would have just folded the tent down 10, and that would have been the end of that, or they wouldn't have had the ability to get Saquon finding that different that different level. Then you got the Cowboys at at four and one. Um, let's talk a little bit about that game uh, before I ask you one more sports talk radio question. Uh, the Cowboys um, look terrific. Their quarterback doesn't make any mistakes, and Micah Parsons he was playing on like half a wheel and still getting into that backfield yesterday. I just right. We're so lucky to see Aaron Donald and Micah Parsons playing football in the same field. Like those two guys are so awesome. Like AD lining up at end and two sacks on a pretty good rookie, and you know just watching the way he competes, and then Micah he's out there on a bum wheel all over the field. Micah Parsons would pick twelve. Like, how many how many games has he won that team? Like, I, you know, I'm not saying with one play or like you can point directly to him, but he changes the way everybody operates offensively. Like, he is truly that guy that you're like, where is this guy? We gotta have a GPS tracker on him. Like, he could be anywhere on the field. They move him around, and um, and his play has directly contributed to them being able to weather this storm without Dak. Um, they they got points on special teams, right? They're 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 just doing all the little things. And for LA, um, man, I just don't know, man. I, I said this last year. Last year, I gave up on the Rams. It was a prime time game, and Stafford was just getting beat to a pulp. These Forty Niners, him versus the Forty Niners, or the Titans. They went through like a yeah. three game stretch where they were getting. Um, out physical, and that's happened to them against the Bills. That happened against the Niners, and that happened yesterday. And and you know that is my sports talk radio question because I am genuinely concerned about the lineup front. Sean McVay said as much publicly, and he's always Mister Sunshiny. We'll work on this. I got to coach better. That's the sort of thing he says. And um, so you got three, two, and three teams. And I know this might be a disrespectful question to ask when it involves one of the best receivers in the game and, and uh, coaches and a defending champ. If you were to choose a two and three team to bet on or to place your, your marker on in the West, would it still be the Rams or would you take Geno cooking or would you take the Cardinals who are about to get Hopkins back? Well, I'll just say this. This isn't a cop out. I don't think any of those teams are contenders like that. Like the Rams have an opportunity to morph into a contender, Mm -hmm. but I don't see the bones of like a contending team. And if you think about when Sean McVay, um, you know, and people the first two weeks were taking victory laps, got picked the Niners to go far and, and win the West. But, like, now you see cream rises to the top. they got a great roster. Matt Stafford is effectively a Detroit Lion again, dude. Not, I, you know, I'm not talking about one of these, like, really bad Lions teams. I mean, like, where you got no run game, 
you got one great target. Obviously, Cup's not Megatron, but you know, like you're having trouble running the football, and you're taking a beating. And he's older. He's just not like physically what he was. And I, I think the biggest thing is when Sean McVay and that group was rolling, they had Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley did got a lot of credit. Did not get enough credit. You know, he made them go. The play action game made them go. They had offensive linemen who could fit up in the run game. They could get you moving side to side. They had good guards. They had good tackles. And they worked in concert. And you could get the big chunk plays off play action. Everything came off of with Jared Goff, that stuff. And Matt Stafford, as good as he is, you need a run game. And, you know, like, I was watching my dad a little bit yesterday on NFL Fox. And, you know, dude with a flat top yelling at the TV to sign a fullback, like, sounds kind of old school, but it's true. You know, Pops is right. Like, they need to run the football. And as hard as that is for, you know, one of these boy wonder coaches that's grown up and become a, become a champion to probably hear, it's like, you ain't going anywhere if you don't have a run game. And, you know, if they want to lean into an identity, it would be running the rock and playing defense. Um, the Von Miller loss was huge. Uh, but you got what you got now, and I, I'm not buying any of those teams. I'm really not. The only team in the NFC West I'm buying is the Niners. Chris Long here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, before I let you go, uh, one last question. What would you think of the Grady Jarrett roughing the passer call? I think these should be reviewed from now on. This is, this is, I mean, it cost, the, it cost the Falcons an opportunity to win the game. And it's absurd. I mean, Jerome Boger said afterwards that he saw somebody take a, a quarterback unnecessarily to the ground. I mean, come on. I mean, this is absurd. It's, what, 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 do we, what do we do? Like, you know, how many plays in, in NFL history were a quarterback evading that exact kind of tackle? <clears throat> you know, like, we don't have the, you know, David Tyree. Like, what, you know, that's what can happen. You, you can't just say, uh, I got to take him to the ground easier, give him a chance to get rid of that football. Like, all types of things happen if you can't get the guy to the ground. And I remember early in my career getting flagged and fined for high hits. Like, that's fine. Okay. Like, I get that. We're protecting people's heads. Um, then you couldn't go low. Okay. I guess I get that because, like, the product on the field sucks if Tom Brady's gimping around. And he got hurt. He, he tore his ACL one year. Like, you see what happens. Nobody, you know, Matt Castle's great, but you'd rather see Brady. Like, the product is better. Okay, now we have a strike zone, which is hard to hit. It's really hard to sack quarterbacks in the NFL, even on athletic ones. You hit the strike zone, you drive in the ground form tackle, that's a penalty. So now I can't roll him in. I called it the sideways prom pose. Like, it's literally Grady Jarrett is, is like, spooning him and bringing him to the ground gently. That's the most gen- – that's the gentlest Grady Jarrett can be. Like – and, and he still gets flagged. And so as a rusher, I, you know, like I hate when people say, like, it's like football is turning into a pillow fight. It's, trust me, it's not. That's right. It's, very, it's still very violent. It's probably the collisions are the most violent they've ever been. We just litigate it differently. This is turning into a pillow fight. Like, it really is. And I know it's reactive to the Tua deal. It's the same type of thing. But 45-year-old man didn't get hurt yesterday. Uh, you know, Grady... Grady has got to be really upset. Um, and Brady, here's that insult to injury. Brady tried to kick him off him. 
Like, everybody saw that. Let's not pretend we didn't see that. It's my guy. He's one of my old teammates. I think he's a great dude. He's a competitor. Grady rolls him, and, and Brady's pissed and tries to kick him off him. You know, like, call it what it is. And that's the penalty. But Grady Jarrett gets a penalty. And so I, I just don't, you know, I don't know where we're going to go. But maybe it's one of these things that Boger's going to get the, you know, get read, read the, you know, the riot act behind the scenes, and we don't have this anymore. And quietly, they may a culpa, and we don't have these calls the rest of the year. Chris Long, you are the man, as always, for giving your opinions. Who's on the green light pod? What do you want to tell everyone about how, um, uh, what, you're, what you're doing this week? And man, more? that's a great question. Matt, who do we have on tomorrow? Do you know? Oh, David Babora. Remember Mr. Irrelevant from, um, oh, yeah. from, you know, same, same year as, as me in, in St. Louis. And, mm-hmm. um, just one of the most interesting dudes ever. Has a great, great uh, veteran gym down in, uh, oh, yeah. in Texas and has done a lot of great work. We've climbed Kilimanjaro together. He's done ayahuasca, so we can we can talk some Rogers. We did talk ayahuasca. It's uh, it's a fun interview, so that'll be out tomorrow and or Wednesday, and uh, yes, our normal stuff the rest of the week. Okay, so you can manifest together tomorrow. You can manifest positivity on the green. We love manifesting content. positivity. Why not? That'd be great. We'll write they that down. Manifest a run game in L.A., man. Okay. Well, I mean, they ma- they need to manifest Whitworth. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> Whitworth. Hey, if I'm Whitworth, man. I'm happy where I am. Dude. As hard as it was to be up till twelve thirty in the morning talking about Indy Denver uh, on the field the other night, like I'm good. I'm not going back there and helping Matt Stafford up uh, all year. Chris Long, you're the man. Always appreciate it. We'll chat next week. You're the best. Thanks, Rich. At See Joel Nine Number Nine One on Twitter, Greenlight Podcast. Check it out. We're all podcasts are required. Manifesting positivity might be a good. Did you write it down, Chris? I. That, that's I did, a good one. I did Manifesting positivity is a good one. That is a good one. Let's take a break uh, because um, I don't know how much uh, can be manifested in Carolina right now. News out of Carolina on top of the fact that Matt Rule has been fired. First one of 2022. First head coach. And we, when we return, ear checks, everybody. Ear checks. Get it ready because yours look very shiny. We're going to stop the show and check everybody's ears. Oh, I'm ready. Coming up. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Find the latest and greatest audio entertainment on Audible. We're on it. Love it. We're on it. The Rich Eisen Show's on Audible. We love it. It's got everything you want to hear. Podcasts, audiobooks, exclusive originals, comedy, sports stories, deep dives with athletes and entertainers, business, and everything else and anything else that you're into. With Audible, you get access to thousands of included titles with more added every single week. You listen on the road, at the gym, or anywhere you want to fuel up your imagination. Join and get 30 days free at the home of storytelling. Audible. Dot com. We did get Boo Blade. We got Boo Blade in yeah. fantasy, huh? Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. You're losing to a Canadian crooner. What the hell? <laughs> That's a tough one to take. It's a tough one to take. Look, TJ Jefferson, I know um, you might think this might not be um, straightforward, straight up, and being honest, but it is. I take no joy in the Mets being bounced. You're right. I, I don't believe that. I love Buck Showalter. You know how much I love Buck Showalter. You know how much I love him. I mean. Uh, I love him. I love him. I told you when he was hired, I'm like, you got the right guy. And then look what happened. Yeah. And look what happened. Right. But, you know, uh, and, and, and Yankee fans, uh, we, uh, we, we, we are frequently and rightfully accused of taking joy in the Mets going down. But not me. Not this guy. Not this guy. <laughs> My brother's a diehard Met fan. I don't, I don't take any joy. Uh, one of my best buddies growing up, uh, my buddy Steve Narrow, kind of happy that uh, he's miserable today. He's one of them. Because we all know these Met fans. No offense. Oh, I know. Yeah, we, know the, we know the Met fans. It's yeah. just like this is the time. Fun. It's the time. The Amazons. The Amazons, this is going to be it. We love these guys. It's great. Yeah, well, and then, uh, I you know, still and, love them. And, and, uh, and then they take too much joy in the Yankees being miserable, and, and then you got to fight back. I don't think so. you got to fight I, back. I didn't, yeah. care. I didn't really care what the Yankees did but Buck, at Buck, all. Buck's one of my guys, so I don't have that feeling about this Mets team. I love Alonzo. I love, I love the way that they play baseball. They're pretty likable for the most part. Uh, and, and then this year... You know, it was all working. And I knew it was going down last night for sure when they fired the trumpets down four and uh, Diaz gave up two more. Uh, That was it. That was it. And then, of course, before all that, Joe Musgrove, he was dealing. Made an early two-run single by Austin Nola stand up. And boy, was he making it stand up. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing on Twitter conversations about, this would be great if we were in the business of baseball fantasy, baseball, Joe Musgrove's ears. I've never seen anything like it. 
This is like something straight out of the naked gun where Enrico Palazzo came out and found like power tools on the pitcher and then let him continue to pitch. I mean, a baseball meeting on the mound with all umpires standing there and one of the umps grabs Musgrove's ears and starts massaging him. Feeling him for some substance because Musgrove's ears were shiny and people started talking about it on Twitter. And I think that Twitter chatter got in the mind's eye or on the palm, in the palm of some Mets executives who called down to Buck and said, you got to check him out. And sure enough, Buck comes out after five strong by Musgrove and says, we got to check him out. And the umps are like, okay. And that one was weird too. Like, what is what is the standard by which just any 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 manager could stop the game and say massage that pitcher's ears? That is that fine? Shouldn't be. Is that fine? Here was Buck Showalter after the game when asked about what led to the uh, search, but no seizure. I get a lot of information in the dugout that uh, you know we certainly weren't having much luck uh, the way it was going. That's for sure, but. You know, I'm charged with doing what's best for the New York Mets, and if it makes, you know, however it might make me look or uh, or whatever, I'm going to do that every time and live with the consequences. I'm not here to uh, not hurt somebody's feelings, you know. I, you know I'm going to do what's best for our players in the New York Mets, and uh, I felt like that was best for us right now. Uh, there's some pretty obvious reasons why it was... Uh, why it was necessary. The spin rates were up. David Cohn was talking about it. Our friend of the program, John Boy, has a terrific breakdown on his site. Spin rates on every pitch was up. It was up by over 100 spins, whatever, per minute, whatever they want. I mean, his spin rates were up, and his ears were glistening. John Boy also looked at the video and said he never once saw Musgrove go to his ears on the mound or off the mound. Not once. There you go. So they found nothing. They massaged his ears and let him pitch. Andrew McCutcheon, who I don't know if he wants to do this for a living. I mean, maybe he might have a nice career um, in the media. He tweeted out that I guarantee Musgrove has red hot on his ears. Pitchers use it as mechanism to stay locked in during games. It burns like crazy, and I don't know why some guys think it helps them, but in no way is it sticky. Buck is smart, though. Could be trying to just throw him off again i mean buck 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 grabbed a baseball in like the first inning and started looking at him and so i i think he got some phone calls saying you got to check him out buck and if if the gm or whoever it might be is calling down and saying check him out buck's gonna do it now you said SNY announcer Gary Cohn. Yeah, so Gary Cohn, after the game, they were outside and the fans were booing him as he was saying it. But he said, quote, it smacked of desperation and it was fairly embarrassing. I thought for Buck to do that in that spot, it was not necessary. As it turned out, Musgrove was not cheating. If you're going to pull a stunt like that, you better be right. And Buck wasn't right. Well, then that's the thing, too, is Buck was saying, you know, he'll take the repercussions and the repercussions right now are are verbal criticism. And Buck is thick and, you know, thick skinned enough to survive all that, which is why he makes for a great Mets manager. Um, But I'm wondering why there are no repercussions 
in the rule book. If you say to an umpire, check him out, and a baseball game, playoff baseball game, in which the pitcher you're having checked out is throwing a, a shutout, or just a, forget, let's forget the fact that how effective he is. If you're going to a, a, an umpire and saying, check this guy out, and it leads to one of the more ridiculous visuals I've ever seen on a baseball field, and I've seen Steve Lyons drop his pants, okay? And so yeah. where, where an umpire is massaging, and at one point the umpire like sort of rubbed, rubbed his fingers down a sideburn, sort of like, you know, what I do to my kids to make sure that they can calm down and go to sleep. I mean, how embarrassing is that? And Musgrove's got to stand there? And so if you ask for this to happen and the umpires comply and find nothing, shouldn't there be just like you lose an out, you lose a, a something? Like this should be yeah. – in, in baseball, the replay system, you have one challenge in the first seven innings if you're a manager. You get it wrong, you don't have another one. You get it right, you, you keep it until the eighth inning when, when the umpires on the field can institute any re- video replay. So what 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 skin is it off Buck's nose? What are you, Gary Cohen's going to criticize him? Anybody else going to criticize? What does he care? How is there no? Your team's getting punked, and so it just makes it just makes it looks like you're just grasping at straws to just like I don't know the do guy's something. ears. The guy's ears on a fifty eight degree night were like bright red. In this day and age, who the hell knows, man? But there has, if you're going to do it, and the umpires rub his ears. I mean, well, it's like, it's like good you said, Lord. You better, be, you better be right. That's what I'm you saying. You better be right about right. that. There should be a repercussion in-game to whichever manager who asks for that treatment to occur. It's delivered. And if you're wrong, what is it? An out? If you do it while you're up. That batter's out? The batter's out. You got one out, which is a pretty significant stiff penalty in a playoff game that you're down four nothing in. Or if you do it, what? Yeah, I guess you have to do it when the other opposing pitcher's on the mound. So what's the and difference? if you do it if you do it after the end of the uh, the inning and it's nothing's found, right? Yeah, I was that was my question because they check these guys the second they walk off the mound every inning. So, but like, do check they? is in quotes, man. They're it just looks like, like that video of that, like, yeah, that like guy who's again, like yeah. patting you down. Patting uh-huh. yeah, okay, you're next. Earlier in the season, the you know, guys are getting their hands massaged, and we but were that like, was that. weird too. And he was like, now so, we're I mean, massaging yeah. ears in a yeah. playoff game in front of a nationally televised audience in an elimination game. It was odd. Odd. And in case Mets fans are wondering what the hell happened to the season, um, did you see Seinfeld chimed in? <laughs> what did he? He say? chimed in. Well, not on this specifically, but this is when the when the when the Mets were were blowing it against the Braves uh, when the NL East wound up being tied. He put on an Instagram on the SNY television Instagram. I blame that stupid trumpet performance. Celebrating in season, we haven't won anything yet. Bad mojo. Same as when Baja men showed up to play Who Let the Dogs Out in 2000 World Series. Series ended right there. <laughs> I was there in Shea, man, yeah, oh when the yeah. Baja men was, sang yeah. Who Let the Dogs yes. Out before the third game of the yes. World Series. I'm like, wow. I remember that. <laughs> wow. I blame Seinfeld for his weird Kith campaign photos. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> this this uh, company, Kith, did like a promo shoot or whatever, and... Seinfeld was one of the one of the main 
models for it, and he looked like the Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow young kids. Jeff. No. And he wore Should a Mets blame- hat in one yeah. of the photos. I don't blame him for that. I blame the trumpet, though. Why why you blame the trumpet? I don't know. Actually, here, here, at least you gave, the Mets gave everybody that trumpet. Now everybody's doing it. Do they stop doing it? In college stadiums and stuff like that, everybody's know. playing it's those trumpets tr- now. It's it's cool. it's What's funny is that William Contreras for the Braves had been doing it all year and no one noticed. Oh, is because, that right? Because Diaz was getting all the pub for Oh, it's New York City, awesome. man. Yeah. It's New York City. Now it's Diaz, Yan- Diaz is awesome. Yankees, Guardians. I mean, how about that? Are We're, you worried? Guardians look great. Oh, of course I'm worried about anything. It's baseball playoffs. Some One guy gets on, you think he's going to score every single time. How about I, that? How about that? You had an elimination yeah. game. Guardians eliminate the Rays in a game that went scoreless into the 15th, and the Mariners eliminate the Blue Jays in a game that went 10-9. After a wild collision and a seven-run comeback. I know. Two completely opposite ends of the spectrum of Major League Baseball yeah. playoff games. I also like being interested in, I would never watch a Rays-Guardians game. You know what I mean? And now I'm super locked in because it's playoff. There you go. Now it's Yankees, Guardians, Fun. Mariners. Uh, it, well, like, look, it's the Yankees, Guardians is the only divisional uh, matchup that's not a divisional game. I turned my divisional, divisional series. You're done. Dump baseball. You got, over you got you. Padres, Dodgers. You got Phillies, Braves. Yeah. You've got Astros, Mariners. Then you got Yankees, Guardians. You're out. Yeah. Okay. Six, Sixers are going to be really good this year. So that's, there you go. I, I was going to go to the Clippers game yesterday, but I just knew like the baseball game wasn't over, and I'm uh, like, I'm not going to make it there in time. So, plus you were watching the uh, you're watching the Cowboys and the Rams, right? Oh, that was well over. Okay. That point. Oh, gotcha. And Kawhi is swollen, bro. I and the other thing was I was like, well, Kawhi's not going to play anyway. Yeah. And then he ended up playing. Well, speaking of swollen in the NBA, I'm assuming it does describe uh, Jordan Poole's jaw. Um. Oof. Draymond Green had something to say over the weekend. I bet. On what he uh, has wrought on the defending NBA champions. That's coming up. Your phone calls at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Also on the program, Overreaction Monday and Max Crosby of the Las Vegas Raiders going into a big Week 5 finale tonight. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You can listen to the NFL and the NFL app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. 
Hey, look, the uh, Warriors know what they have in Draymond Green. They got a uh, future Hall of Famer who plays with fire, and clearly um, I don't just mean what's in his belly. I mean, the guy plays with figurative fire. I don't know what the hell happened that caused him to smack, sucker punch his teammate in the face. That is smack. I mean, I I don't know what caused him to do that. And if the video didn't come out, I have no idea if we'd be talking about it like this or if Draymond Green would have had a press conference over the weekend or if he would have been able to, you know, find it within himself to take time away from the team. But the video came out and the mole hunt is on. I'm really surprised, Rich, about the amount of people who seem to be more upset that the video got out than by the actual. Well, yeah, right. I, like I, so many people are like, "Whoever this guy's got to get fired." Well, like, it's because uh, it, and it, I get it's it. A, it's a two-part thing. Obviously, what Draymond did is reprehensible beyond the pale, and to me, can tear apart a locker room significantly enough that this team might not win it all this year. Could that whatever Draymond's done behind the scenes or any of the teammates might have been doing happening behind the scenes that tore the team apart or tore the team asunder or you know makes it more difficult for Steve Kerr to work his magic? You know, we don't know because it didn't get out. But if I'm the Warriors, I'm like, how much, how, how many of our practices can be seen and sold to TMZ? Like that, that's like somebody sneaking video of whatever goes on in your house and putting it out there. You'd be walking around your house looking for where the camera is or whatever, no matter what was being videoed and sent out within the house. And that's a serious breach. That's a major problem. You feel like you've been robbed, I think. Like somebody's broken into your house. Anybody who's ever had somebody burglarize their house, you you walk back into your house, you don't look at it differently for a long time. And I think that's what the Warriors are going through right now. I've had that happen to me. Housewise, but yeah. I, this is just kind of different, though. It's an assault at a practice. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm uh, just, I'm, I'm talking about the way that you're viewing your setup, your house. Forget it. Just, and I know what he did is totally egregious. I'm saying the reason why people are pointing this out is: Do you have a problem within your own house, even if everything is copacetic? Let's say somehow, some way, Jordan Poole can get over being hit in the face. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't look at Draymond Green the same way again. And if I'm a teammate of Draymond Green's, you know, how many more times can you put aside whatever he's done for the, uh, for the sake of, of the championships of yesteryear and, and this year? Which is part of the reason why I think Draymond has realized this feels different. This is more than just kicking LeBron in the nuts during an NBA Finals or having an argument with Kevin Durant in front of full view. I mean, this is much more different than anything else. He has damn near rearranged the face of a teammate. The video does change everything. It went from just something we heard to now you see it, and it's... so. Draymond apologized that he apologized to Poole and he's going to apologize to the family because the families are all going to get together for a ring ceremony soon. And he, I think he realizes that something's different here. Although, you know, the initial reaction from, from the Warriors was like, you know, uh, Draymond's crossed the line before and he's come back. Something that Bob Myers, the GM, had to say about it. But even, even Curry said that this is not acceptable behavior. 
Where was Draymond Green in his apology press conference? There is a a um, huge embarrassment that comes with that. Not not only for myself, as 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 I was the one that committed the action. The embarrassment that comes for me uh, is what it is, and that's something that I have to deal with. But the embarrassment uh, that Jordan has to deal with and that this team has to deal with, that this organization has to deal with, but also uh, Jordan's family. You know, uh, his family saw that video. Um, his mother, his father saw that video. We just won a championship. Uh, in nine days, ten days, there will be a ring ceremony. My family will be here. His family will be here. I'm sure they'll be here. And quite frankly, that's an elephant in the room. That's something that... Uh, you know, it's weird, you know, and on on a night where it should be um, celebration and love and it still will be. Um, but there is like this 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 dark cloud in the room and I caused that, you know, so I I apologize to, to his family uh, and just what they've had to deal with over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours. And I will do what I have to do to make that right. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's a dark cloud amidst a celebration that normally, you know, rains on the parade. How do you put it back together? How do you put back together the fact that he hit somebody and there's somebody in the building who got that to TMZ? Harvey Levin paid this person or his people paid this person. My, my question is, what's their agenda? That's why this is a conversation, part of this conversation, too. Because did somebody think that Draymond's going to get away with it again and I'm sending that out there? You should see this. Everybody should see what Draymond just did to a teammate in, in practice. I mean, these are, these are all conversations that the Warriors are going to have to deal with as they tip off against the Lakers in a very short period of time. Overreaction Monday and Max Crosby coming up in hour number three on the program. So you were shaking your head. Go for it, TJ. Well, you know, I just, I'm just kind of thinking. That's just the world we live in today, right? Like the, the TMZs, the world stuff like that. If something's on video, someone's going to want to see it. Well, I understand. And it is I, going I, for, to get out. Forget about. But will it though? I mean, there have been fights in so many different places. I'm sure. What do you think? The Warriors are the only team to have somebody hit somebody in practice. Oh, definitely not. Okay, that's what I, I mean. So it got out there. Who's you have to think? Why did that person do that? Did they need the money? Maybe, or. If I'm in the Warriors organization, who decided to feel so compelled to do that? Or do we have a security problem? Did somebody sneak in there and get that and then want to just, is it just a straight money play? Or is it somebody in the organization who's like, yeah, Draymond can't get away with this. Or Jordan's my guy. Could be any of those. You know? Money talks. And, and so wouldn't you, want to, wouldn't you want to know if you're in the Warriors organization as you're about to try and win a championship game and next time somebody walks into a practice you're one you're looking around and seeing like is that video going to wind up in the hands of fill in the blank for sure you know but the thing is money does talk and i know just in my own personal situation years ago being in the hollywood scene i was known for taking a lot of pictures there were multiple times that people would try to buy photographs from me of but, people and i never did because you'd be your name would be mud my name would be mud but that's just because i had some type of morals and scruples but other people if you go hey we're going to give you X amount of money, money talks. So, and I know that. So I'm wondering, is it just you know, a straight money play for whoever did that? Or is it, a, they, is it a money green problem? And if I'm the Warriors, I'd want to find out. But that might not be their biggest problem either.